Welcome to the English Hub, a place where we discuss literature in the light of a driving question, what makes a meaningful life? And today we're in the third episode of our discussion of Great Gatsby and we're in chapters four, five and six. And there is so we were just looking at how much is in here and there is no way we could possibly discuss all the details of four, five and six. And this really is like the rising action mm-hmm. of the um, of the plot where a lot happens. We learn a lot of information about Gatsby and Daisy and uh, there's just so much packed into this. And every time we read it, we see something <laughs> different as well. So we'll start with, I guess, chapter four. Yeah, so we begin in chapter four with um, Nick talking a little bit, actually, instantly, about um, Gatsby's parties. Mm-hmm. And you noticed something about the yeah. names. Because last chapter, they were all called Mr. Mumbles. That's right. Yeah. We, we, we have kind of more specificity, but yeah. the specificity is still... It's still really interesting. I remember the first time I read this as an adult, after I got through my I hate Gat- Great Gatsby yeah. <laughs> phase, um, I, I was like, what is the point of all of these names? And, and remember, authors never just do things for no reason. Yes. There's always yeah. an intention behind what they're doing. So when you look at these names, I realized when he lists the, the people from East Egg, the way that he describes them and people who've had... Um, money for a long time they talk about flipping up their nose like goats at what at whoever came near you've got um references to so-and-so's wife and there's there's lots of conversations about and hints at like um some infidelity there there's lots of affluence in these people uh they're there's they're very segregated they don't necessarily want to spend time with everybody's at the party and then you get the list from west egg and they're all people who like own large companies, like their car companies or their theatrical people. And and these uh, West Eggers would be the new money. And there's a very distinct division between yes. these people at the party. Yeah, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we hear about all these these people from Nick, and then um, then Nick and Gatsby go on a car mm-hmm. ride. They go out for lunch to meet a man called Wolfsheim. It's a really interesting journey. Um, it begins by Gatsby saying, "Good morning, old sport. You're having lunch with me today, and I thought we'd ride together." Through throughout the novel, I think we see most of the time Gatsby being very much in charge mm-hmm. and manoeuvring people. Mm-hmm. Even when they get to mm-hmm. lunch, he takes one of them by each arm mm-hmm. and maneuvers them mm-hmm. to the seat. So, well, they even like he's literally maneuvering uh, Nick to this to downtown because he's the one driving his car. Absolutely. So he's driving, but in the on the way, and he's trying to convince yeah. Nick of who he is. And it's very, it's very contrived. Like when you read it and you get the sense that you're like, okay, is he's trying too hard. He is trying too hard, and that's what we should sense. And in he it. wants Nick to like him, yes. and we should question why does he want Nick yes. to like him? Um, but Nick doesn't. Like <laughs> Nick says things like, "I can see why Jordan Baker thought he was lying." Um, he uses phrases like there was something a little sinister yes. about him. <clears throat> I thought he was pulling my leg. Um, my incredulity was submerged mm-hmm. in fascination. And then Gatsby pulls out this um, <laughs> medal and a picture of Oxford. And Nick says, then it was all true. <laughs> as, I, if, as if he's seeing, seeing the evidence, but not questioning why the heck does Gatsby have this evidence in his pocket? To like prove it's, that it's he just is too contrived. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think one of the things that um, we talk about in class a lot is that all the way through this novel, particularly the first read of it, 
we are really confused about mm-hmm. who Gatsby is, where mm-hmm. he comes from, like what's the truth. And the reason is because Nick is confused. Yes. And this vacillation that we see here, particularly in this chapter from Nick, that we feel the mm-hmm. same because he's telling us the story. So it's mm-hmm. seen through his eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also get some information about the connection between uh, Miss Baker, so Daisy. Yes. And, uh, sorry, Jordan, and and Gatsby. And there's, there's a, we get some information here. So for the first time, we now actually come across our, I guess in essence would be our conflict, at least the driving force through the story. Something, Gatsby wants something, and we, for the first time, get a sense that it's Daisy. Yes, yeah. And we, we learn about that in much more detail a little bit later mm-hmm. on. But before we get to that point, he, they meet <clears throat> Wolfshine <clears throat> at a restaurant. Um, not the really seedy restaurant <laughs> that Wolfshine <laughs> usually inhabited. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, there's a sense of um, he's very suspicious of other characters mm-hmm. and he's sort of looking around. Um, so you get this sort of uh, uh, dis-ease with, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Wolfshine particularly because of his cufflinks. Tell yes. us about his cufflinks. Well, his cufflinks are made from human teeth. Yes. <laughs> so that's always a little awkward. <laughs> um, and, and all of these details are not explicit. They're not jumping out at you on the, from the text. Fitzgerald doesn't say, and this is what the atmosphere was like. In this meeting, we learn much more about Gatsby's past and connection to Daisy. So we learn that many years, bef- uh, a number of years before, sorry, um, Daisy had um, fallen in love with mm-hmm, somebody. Mm-hmm. She was not allowed to pursue that relationship. Because of his poverty, basically. Because of his poverty, yeah. yeah. Which isn't totally clear at this point, but becomes clear and, later. Is he was a, he was, um, he was a lieutenant in yeah, the so, army. So he was, had, like, in the, in the New World, post-World War One. that would have been a big deal. Mm. This is that social mobility, right? He's working his way up. Yeah. But the problem is that is that Daisy's family does not come from new money. Yes. It comes from old family, old money. Yeah. So sh- her family is looking for somebody who's also from old money. Absolutely. Which is what Tom is. Yeah. And when <clears throat> and she they find out one day that she's packed her bags to go and see him off somewhere and they prohibit her from from pursuing that and very quickly she ends up engaged to mm-hmm. and marrying Tom Buchanan who would fit their mm-hmm. their mold, their expectations mm-hmm. of who she should marry. Um, interestingly enough, just before she gets married, she, mm-hmm. has, um, she receives a letter that causes her to get drunk and throw away some beautiful pearls that Tom had bought her. And she says that she's changed her mind. Mm-hmm. She, she refuses to get married. I find this quite interesting because Myrtle had a similar experience, mm-hmm. like on her wedding day, mm-hmm. she realised that she'd made a mistake. Mm-hmm. So both these women didn't want to Mm -hmm. be in the marriages Mm -hmm. that they're in Mm -hmm. like right from the beginning it is interesting too when you look at the actual language that daisy uses she she's drunk Mm. and so she's talking you and and fitzgerald has has written that in the way that she speaks but she says tell them daisy's changed her mind say daisy's changed her mind it's in third person it's not that i have changed my mind tell them that this this character has in essence it's almost like she's in her drunkenness she's recognizing that that the real Daisy, yes. not the masked Daisy that she puts, the persona she chooses yeah. to take on. The real Daisy actually, no, she doesn't mm. want to marry Tom. Mm. But the persona Daisy is eventually convinced to marry Tom. Yes, yes. Yeah. So she enters into this marriage and, and Jordan describes her as being really mad about her mm-hmm. husband, very attentive. But actually very quickly we realize mm-hmm. that it's not because she loves him, but because she's 
uneasy and yeah. insecure and he right from the get-go mm. seems to be having um, illicit relationships I found this fascinating when um, when this comes out in the news it says that um, he'd uh, he'd had a car accident and the front wheel had been ripped off his car and he mm. had a girl with him and I just thought how similar that yeah. is to um, the the scene at the end of Gatsby's party where the, the front wheel yep. comes off. Yeah, there's lots of repeated parallel ideas. And I do, I wonder how much Fitzgerald is saying the wheel is coming off. Of society. <laughs> yeah. And I did, I was actually, when I was reviewing chapter four and he mentions that it's 1922, I... Because we have the the advantage of looking back and like they're they're like six and a half years shy of the Great Depression. Oh, absolutely! And you just think like the the, the we've already seen the party and we've already seen the the extravagance and we we're starting to see even more of it. And you think that all of this is just going to be all broken. The wheel is very soon going to be literally falling absolutely. off. Absolutely. Yeah. And Fitzgerald, he was living in this time. He didn't know yeah. about the Great Depression, yeah. but he yeah. can see that this yeah. is unsustainable. I think that speaks to like people who are thinking about the current world circumstances yeah. and writing out of it, when they think deeply about the cause and effects, mm. it is very easy to predict what's happening. There are writers who are right now predicting and looking to our current circumstances and going, we can see that these things could very potentially, like very real happen. And, and I think it just, all it takes is good, clear thinking. But the problem is, is that most people aren't clear. They're not honestly looking at the circumstances and we're distracted yeah by so many things yeah. and so were they <laughs> they were absolutely yeah yeah so the jordan and nick leave um leave the the tea uh, meeting mm -hmm. and um at this point yes <laughs> jordan says gatsby wants you to invite daisy for tea and and nick is like really shocked it's like mm. why have you you know all this time and you just want her for tea and it's because Nick lives next door to Gatsby and he wants mm -hmm. Daisy to see this wealth that he's amassed really for her. Like yeah. he's only yeah. done it for her. I love that the modesty of the demand shook me. Yes. He had waited five years and bought a mansion where he had dispensed starlight to casual moths. I love that. So that he could come over, in quotation marks, some afternoon to a stranger's garden. Like yeah. it's so, <laughs> it's so contrived and, and so like, I have so much compassion for him. Yeah. He's so obsessed with this dream of getting Daisy back that he spends all this energy agonizing. And we're going to see that it probably is not going to work out yeah, very well, absolutely. very shortly. Yeah. And then right at the end of this chapter, it ends in a really strange way. Mm -hmm. Nick is distracted um, by Jordan um, and her, her body, <laughs> her <laughs> physical form. And he ends up putting his um, arm around her and drawing her closer. And it looks like they're going to kiss. But he... The, the language that he uses mm. to describe mm -hmm. her is not loving and warm. He says her worn, <laughs> scornful mouth smiled at me. Disembodied face. Yes. <laughs> it's like he doesn't like her, but he's he's almost, he can't resist her. He's there's a, into there's it. There's a, well, all of her is described in body parts again, right? Tightening my arms, her wearing scornful mouth. Um, she, I drew up again closer this time to my face. There's a very clear mm. objectification. And, and Nick, I don't, I don't know. This chapter seems to really highlight Nick's like naivety. So the details are not explicit. Mm. They're not overt. No. Uh, but when you put these details together, when you look at how Fitzgerald uses the language, these kind of almost off like to the side the side comments that he makes or the the kind of under under the the you know off the surface there's they're under the surface comments and you start to put these things together and that's where the unease comes and i think good readers recognize that those atmosphere making 
expressions that give us those details. Absolutely. And the more you read it, the more you see every time. Um, so we, like, Walsheim is a strange character. He thinks that he's there to make a business connection yeah, yeah. with Nick. And Gatsby very quickly yeah, dismisses that. And that tells that. us some background on what Gatsby has been doing, how he's been making his money. And yeah. all this money that he's amassed is coming from some per- perhaps illegal behavior absolutely and then we learn that Walsham is a gambler Mm -hmm. Gatsby comes out and says that he fixed the world series in 1919 crazy there is a a very interesting point in this scene where they actually meet Tom Buchanan Mm -hmm. and um, Gatsby is is really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and um, disappears (laughs) I I do like the fact that when so the text describes it and so um Tom and Gatsby are introduced, and, and then Fitzgerald says this. He says, They shook hands briefly, and a strained, unfamiliar look of embarrassment mm. came over Gatsby's face. And so we, we had just mentioned about how Gatsby is often and usually the one in control driving things. And here he's been caught off guard, yes. totally blindsided, and he's now met the husband of the, of the woman that... He wants. Yeah, and we don't know that yet as readers. True, true. Um, we do because we, we read it. it yes. <laughs> but it's interesting that the text describes it as an unfamiliar look of embarrassment. Yes. The indication that Gatsby, this is not a, pos- a position that he regularly finds himself yeah. in. Because he crafts his world mm-hmm. so well. Mm-hmm. So he's always very much mm-hmm. in charge of it. Yeah. So we then move on and... Um, it, Gatsby tells Nick that he's having tea with Jordan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows about it. He's organized it, in fact. <laughs> and in this um, meeting, Jordan Baker explains much more mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. who Gatsby is and her connection to Daisy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that we see when he talks about being within and without, which we've mentioned yes. before, he says he was simultaneously enchanted and repelled yes. by the inexhaustible variety of life. And it's like, He's observing this stuff yes. and he's drawn into it. And there's part of him that doesn't want to, but he can't help himself. Yeah. It's like so mm-hmm. irresistible. Well, that's that moth to a flame. Yeah. And, 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 to some, and to some degree, Nick is a moth. And Gatsby is using Nick. Yes. Let, let's, let's call it what it is. He yeah. is using him. And Nick eventually comes to terms with it and likes Gatsby, which is kind of strange. Yeah. But there is, he's, the, he's a moth. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting just to see his progression through the novel. Okay, so... Chapter, chapter five. five. <laughs> okay, so chapter five, I, I, this is fantastically done in the film. Oh man, you just, you, you watch it and you feel the awkwardness. Like yeah. how you would imagine it would feel is how you feel watching it. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's yeah. really a scene <laughs> worth watching. So Nick, uh, Nick comes home, Gatsby's there waiting to meet him with his house sort of lit up as if it's on fire and Gatsby hurries over and says we need to sort out the grass and Nick says I I think he's talking about my grass so Gatsby is completely Mm -hmm. obsessed with Mm -hmm. what Nick's house looks like for when Daisy is going to come over for tea Um, we have this weird little interchange where Gatsby says I could help you make some money Mm -hmm. on the side which I think is a bribe Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Nick thinks that but not later on doesn't he yeah and it's interesting that Gatsby feels that he has to even suggest it with Nick I think Nick thinks that they're better friends than they are and and Nick and Gatsby feels he needs to bribe because for him it's all about business deals manipulation it's all surface relationship Yeah. yeah yeah So the time comes for the 
the tea afternoon and interestingly enough it's pouring with rain oh which, which is a great example yeah. of pathetic fallacy because later on when it becomes a lot easier i think it talks it stops about raining the sun it? Yeah. shone yeah and, and authors is a really good um technique to highlight and and foreshadow what's coming mm. um shakespeare does this all the time mm. in his in his writing um using the weather to indicate the well the atmosphere and mood yeah. of a scene and so in this case it's raining it's dreary and you think that this is what Gatsby's been building up to yes his whole life even this the even the last couple days of obsessing over Nick's lawn and in Mm. in the inside of his house and then it rains and this is a, a kind of a foreshadow I think of all of the building up work that that Gatsby's done for Daisy this probably isn't going to end very well yeah, in the yeah. in the grand scheme of things yes um so I noticed that when so Daisy arrives she thinks she's having tea with Nick mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. she thinks that she says you know are you in love with me yeah. and he says that's the secret of castle rack rent and so this is what Nick says and interestingly enough um, Castle Rackrent is a novel using mm. the first person narrator who is unreliable and an observer in the mm. actions rather than the player. And so Nick refers to this novel, mm. but actually he is that character yes. who is the unreliable narrator, an observer, not a player. So I just find that quite interesting. This is, this is really interesting because it highlights and gives us insight in how we are to actually perceive Nick. Yeah. Because we had talked last episode mm. about how there's something about Nick that we're, we don't really trust him. Mm. He, he doesn't fully seem like he's a trustworthy narrative, mm. narrator. And, um, Even though he thinks he is. Yeah. And, and, and yet that's contrived. Like it almost yeah. feels like he's playing, doing a Gatsby here. Like, mm. look at my medals, mm. right? Look, I'm actually honest. I wouldn't yeah. lie to you. And then here we have this little kind of ser- underlying comment about this, this other text that I think tells us to, to read Nick with a bit of a suspicious yes. feel to him. He is suspicious. Yes, I think that's yeah. what Fitzgerald could be saying. And, he, and, and Nick is saying it about himself. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's really which funny, yeah. fits because he keeps saying these things about yes, himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's a lot of references in this chapter to Daisy's voice. He mm-hmm. talks about her voice having an mm. artificial note. And mm-hmm. um, right at the end, it talks about how Daisy's voice has drawn... Gatsby in but um when Gatsby arrives he's really really uncomfortable <laughs> I and love it they uh, describe him Gatsby he, so when he arrives it, so Nick opens the door and it says Gatsby pale as death with his hands plunged like weights into the coat into his coat pockets and he's just standing there in a glaring water yeah glaring <laughs> tragically into my eyes like it's just the descriptions are so and that's amazing. where Leonardo DiCaprio does that oh so amazing well. yeah. yeah yeah so so he's fiddling around with this clock on the mantelpiece, oh, yes. and then knocks he's it nervous, off. Yeah, right? Really yeah. nervous, knocks it off. Um, but the clock is a really important symbol mm-hmm. about time and and how mm-hmm. he wants to capture time. And I think at the end of chapter six, Nick says, "You can't go back in time," and he says, "Yes, you can." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that he's resting. The, the text says he. So Gatsby's leaning against the mantelpiece. Um, and he's pretending, it says, a strained counterfeit of perfect mm. ease, even of boredom. Mm. He's trying to play it cool. <laughs> and and in the playing it cool, he his head, the text says, his head leaned back so far that it rested against the face of a defunct mantelpiece clock. And from this position, so he's looking, so that's where we, where we are. Like, we, we that's the scene. He's trying to play it cool. And in the process, he's leaning against time, which is exactly oh, what yes. he's done yeah. in, in his own. He's trying to play it cool. I'm a rich guy. I know what I'm doing. 
and there's a bit of a sense of urgency here. You know, he, he spent five years doing mm. this. And then, and then just further down in the next paragraph, it says, luckily the clock took this moment to tilt dangerously at the pressure of his head and it goes to fall and Gatsby catches it with trembling fingers mm. and sets it back up on mm. the place. And he apologizes for the clock. But there's this, this kind of the subtext here is that Gatsby has been doing this all along leaning against time, hoping that he'll find Daisy, that Daisy will come, you know, wander into one of his parties. But in the process of fiddling and and trying to make it cool, keep it cool, you know, stay cool and build all this money, he knocks the clock off. He's running out of time. Daisy is married. Yes. And we're going to see she's not like, She's not going to leave Tom. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and he, but he's still living in that illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a sense of that he's playing with time, manipulating time, but it's not actually getting him where he wants Absolutely. to be. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And then he just gets really, really flustered. Oh, says yeah. he's made a mistake, disappears. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> like the people in the first couple of chapters, remember they were disappearing, came back again, mm. found each other, lost oh, each other. Oh, yes, This yeah. is the, Gatsby doing what his guests have been doing all along. Yeah, and th- but then eventually when the sun comes out, mm-hmm. he comes back. Mm-hmm. And um, and they end up talking, mm-hmm. and it, it it describes their conversation. When Nick comes back, his uh, Daisy's face was smeared with mm-hmm. tears. Um, Gatsby glowed, mm-hmm. and uh, they've obviously really connected. And it says again here about Daisy's voice, her throat full of aching, grieving beauty, mm-hmm. told of her unexpected joy. And then, but then, in it's interesting that in Gatsby's sort of glowing adoration mm-hmm. of Daisy and the fact that they've connected, he he makes a comment, and he, he said, "It just took me three years to earn the money that brought it, bought it." Um, on page mm-hmm. ninety. And but actually, this is different to the story that he told Nick. And Nick says, yes. "I thought you inherited the money." And then he says, "I th- I think he hardly knew what he was saying because mm-hmm. he said, oh, I lost most of it in a big yeah. panic, the panic of the war.'" And it's almost as if he's let his guard down because Daisy has accepted him, mm. and suddenly he has to compose himself yes. again. And he talks about how he was in the drug business mm-hmm. and the oil business. Mm-hmm. And but he clarifies, "I'm not in either one now." Yes, yes. yeah, and it's like. He let we Nick thinks he's got to the truth mm-hmm. about Gatsby, and then we see another sort of mm-hmm. slip of this facade, mm-hmm. and we're left thinking, okay, mm-hmm. so who is he after all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the, um, Gatsby invites Daisy and Nick mm-hmm. over, and she doesn't. It, I guess it's apparent here that she hasn't realized that the big house. She says that huge place there. Mm. She doesn't connect that that's actually Gatsby's. Okay. And he says, do you like it? Yes. And she says, I love it, but I don't see how you can live there all alone. Yeah. And the fact that this house is for her is really mm-hmm. important because later on, Nick comments, he says, I think he revalued everything mm-hmm. in his house according mm-hmm. to the measure of the response mm-hmm. it drew from her well-loved eyes. Like mm-hmm. he wanted to know did Daisy like it? Mm-hmm. And, and so he was watching her as she was looking um, at the house. And um, and then we have this incident with the shirts, don't we? Oh, yes. Yeah, so he's just kind of showing off his house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Fitzgerald says that he takes out a pile of shirts, begins throwing them one by one before us, sheer, shirts of sheer linen and thick silk and fine flannel. These are all really mm-hmm. expensive mm-hmm. pieces, um, which lost their folds as they fell and covered the table in many colored disarray, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I actually have never noticed that. Mm-hmm. Many colored disarray. Mm-hmm. The idea we've talked about uh, colors being all of these images, but oh, in this yeah. moment, they're, they're just in a, in a disarray. Right. Yeah. So they admire, the, the heap gets bigger, which like when you think about how many shirts that is, that's kind 
kind of yeah. hot. Yeah. Um, and then and then he says, suddenly, with a strange sound, there's her voice being mm. described again, yeah. Daisy bent her head into the shirts and began to cry stormily. Mm. They're such beautiful shirts, she sobbed, her voice muffled in the thick folds. It makes me sad because I've never seen such such beautiful shirts before. And now, I, I like clothes, but I've never <laughs> cried at them. <laughs> Maybe my wedding dress. Maybe, I cried at my yeah. wedding dress. But th- th- this is, you think for a moment she's going to finally, like, Gatsby's just kind of pouring out his heart, in mm. essence, by showing off his stuff. And she just cries yeah. over the shirts. So, it's, like, oh. I I think there could be a number of things going on here. Yes. Obviously, it shows, she's materialistic. Oh, very. So yes. that's a very sort of surface reading. But I also wonder how much of it is that she she wasn't allowed to marry Gatsby because mm. he didn't have money. Yeah. And now he's got this money and it's almost like... A sense of regret? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Because the real Daisy didn't, in essence, stand up for herself? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could definitely Maybe see that. Maybe that was, mm-hmm. was going on as well. Mm-hmm. And then we come to this scene that we were talking about earlier where she touches him. She puts her oh, arm yes. around him. Abruptly, right? Uh, yeah. And um, he's absorbed in what she said. It says he seemed absorbed in what she said. And he's not really noticing her as a person yeah. because she's this object for mm-hmm, him, this mm-hmm. this dream that he's mm-hmm. been going through. And what it, does it say there? Uh, it, possibly it had occurred to him that the colossal significance of that light, the green light they were just talking about. Oh, yes, about, they mentioned about the green light. Had now vanished forever. Compared to the great distance that had separated him from Daisy, it had seemed very near to her, almost touching her. It had seemed as close as a star to the moon. Now it was again a green light on a dock. His count of enchanted objects had diminished by one. Mm. So we have this green light that he mm-hmm. reaches for, and whilst he's reaching for it and not got it, there's there's this hope and this dream mm-hmm. that he's chasing mm-hmm. after. But it's now he's suddenly got it here. Mm-hmm. Da- he touches Daisy something tangible and it's like so what do I reach for yeah there's you know where do you go when you've got the dream he's obsessed with the pursuit of the dream and when the dream for the first time puts her arm through his abruptly now he's so obsessed with the pursuit that he's missed out on the very thing that he was hoping would happen absolutely yeah Yeah, that's a really sort of powerful scene yeah there almost is a lesson here yeah there's almost a lesson here that Fitzgerald is saying in your pursuit of the American dream, don't be so caught up with the pursuit of the American dream that you miss getting the mm, American dream. Yeah. Because people do. That is the beauty of America. You can come from other countries and work your way up. You're yeah. not kept in classes the same way as pretty much most other countries. Yeah. Um, but you can, Gatsby has done that. He has, I think, what, it took three years to build that, that amass that wealth. That's yeah. great if he's yeah. speaking the truth. And he's so caught up that he misses the very thing that he's doing. Absolutely. He's missed it all. Because it's all an illusion, isn't mm-hmm. it? And, a, mm-hmm. and an obsession as well. We come back to this again right at the end of the chapter where it talks about how, you know, he'd been chasing this for five years. It says, there must mm-hmm. have been moments, even that afternoon, when Daisy tumbled short of his dreams, mm-hmm. not through her own fault. Poor thing, she was just there. Mm-hmm. But because of the colossal vitality of his illusion, it had gone beyond her, beyond mm. everything. Mm-hmm. He had thrown himself into it with a creative passion, adding to it all the time, decking it out with every bright feather that drifted mm-hmm. his way. No amount of fire or freshness can challenge what a man will store up in his mm. ghostly heart. Mm. <laughs> so sad, mm. really, to pursue something so viciously, yeah. you know, and, and and then to come to it and then now what yeah yeah yeah. and not even realize that you've got it yeah yeah Yeah. 
So then moving on to chapter six, again, a chapter packed with um, significant incidences. Mm -hmm. Um, We hear for Mm -hmm. the first time um, about James Gatz, Mm -hmm. who is actually Jay Gatsby. Um, his and backstory. How, yeah, how he'd um, his parents were unsuccessful. He'd met um, Dan Cody, mm-hmm. and Dan really had um, taken him under his wing mm-hmm. and and taught him all of the etiquette and the way to speak and mm-hmm. how to live and that. Um, but we have a really interesting paragraph here where near the beginning of the chapter mm-hmm. where he talks about um, he creates himself even his name (laughs) as a creation yeah um he was a son of god a phrase which if it means anything means just that that he must be about his father's business the service service of a vast vulgar and meretricious beauty so he invented just the sort of jay gatsby that a 17 year old boy Mm. would be likely to invent and to this conception he was faithful to the end Mm. and i think often through this book we're asking who is gatsby and I wonder if Gatsby gets to a point where he even he's created this persona to mm-hmm. fool people so that he can get what he wants. Mm-hmm. But actually, whether he comes to the point where he even believes, I agree. Who he, you know, he mm-hmm. he believes the mask mm-hmm. that he's created, which explains the ending, which we won't tell you, yeah. but that explains the ending. Yeah, yeah. So his identity in this is really interesting, and it's picked up. When he um, so he uh, Tom comes to his house with Mr. and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Sloan, mm-hmm. and um, all through Tom's um, meeting of Gatsby and interchanges at the party later on, um, Tom is intrigued by who he is, mm. partly because Gatsby says fairly aggressively, "I know your wife." Yes, <laughs> so puts him on edge. Yeah, yeah, so that piques Tom's interest, and then he he wants to delve into who is this Gatsby. Mm-hmm. And and why does my wife know him? Yes, he, how crazy <laughs> yeah. ir- irony when he says I may be old fashioned in my ideas, but women around run around too much these days <laughs> to suit me. Like Which is, is so ironic I because know. he's the one who's running around with those women. Yeah, yeah. but he guesses that um, Gatsby is into some mm-hmm. sort of shady dealings. He keeps saying, "Who is he? Some bootlegger?" Yeah, Daisy said, "Oh no, he owns a drugstore." And, uh, and he says, I think I'll make a point of finding out who he mm-hmm. is and what mm-hmm. he does. So he's sort of, this is the first time that Tom and Gatsby come together. Mm-hmm. So they have this party. She's enamored by lots of celebrities being there. Yes. But actually she doesn't like it. She yes. says the rest offended her. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause, because truthfully, Gatsby's parties, they're extravagant. And extravagance is, is connected with new money. Mm. You've got money, so spend it. Yeah. Where old money says, actually... We're going to invest it. We're going to be... There's kind of a coolness about old money. And so if Daisy is of old money, her parties are way classier. This is not a classy party. Yeah. And it says she was appalled by West Egg. (laughs) Yes. She really, really didn't like it. And because of that... Gatsby is devastated mm-hmm. like he all he wants is for Daisy to like what he's yeah. done and um and he's crestfallen he says she didn't like it mm. um and um, Nick's a good friend he says of course she likes yeah. it right these are the conversations you have yeah. after a terrible date right and he and he realizes she didn't like it she didn't have a good time yeah which I think is actually maybe perhaps the first time that Gatsby's actually honest mm. and verbalizes yeah the truth yeah Gatsby I mean Daisy didn't like it yeah and Gatsby realizes it and everything is going to fall apart now yeah and what he thought would impress her yeah doesn't which speaks of how little he actually knew her oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. 
and it, and then we get the sort of the dream of Gatsby, mm-hmm. which is to that she wants he wants Daisy to go and tell Tom that mm-hmm. he, uh, she never loved him, mm-hmm. which he never really understands that she has moved on with yes. her life. Like yeah. he because he's been so obsessed with her for so long. Like it's like he he's just expecting her to drop everything and said oh yeah there you like are. she's been waiting for him yes yeah. and, and she, she hasn't, hasn't. <laughs> she's moved on yeah so um, that chap that there's a a great sort of um pa- passage here is the chapter finishes mm-hmm. off he broke mm-hmm. off and began to walk up and down a desolate path of fruit rinds and discarded favors mm. and crushed flowers and it's like this is how he feels, mm-hmm. the, the leftovers is it, of his mm-hmm. party. And then Nick says something really interesting. Mm. And, and he's trying to be a good friend, right? He's like, you know, she liked it. What about the dance? And, yeah. and then he says this. He says, I wouldn't ask too much of her. You can't repeat the past. Yeah. And this is a really uh, well-quoted section. So Nick says, you can't repeat the past. And Gatsby jumps in and says, can't repeat the past? Why, of course you can. Yes. <laughs> It's like he can't even conceive no. that that would be uh, not allowed or not able. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so we have we have this. He says, um, "Of course you can." And then he, the text describes him. He looked around wildly as if the past were lurking here in the shadow of his house, just out of reach of his hand, mm-hmm. just like the green light, right? Yeah. And he kind of says, almost if to himself, I'm going to fix everything just as it was before. She'll see. Mm-hmm. And then we have this kind of flashback. To, I guess, the first time that he kisses Daisy. And uh, in yeah. this moment, it, his love and his pursuit of her, this is the goal of his life, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that's it. That's all that Gatsby's ever, I guess, at that point, Jay. I guess he was Jay Gats at that time. But, like, that's going to be what he is. That's yeah. everything, everything for him. Oh, so, so when it says that um, from that point, his mind would never romp again like the mind of God. Yes. It's like he'd... He'd, he'd seen himself as a son of God, but when Daisy, when he kissed Daisy, mm. it's like that became his that was focus it. rather yeah. than he's just going to be pursue, yes. you know, sort of yeah. success or whatever. And then uh, this last paragraph is interesting because he's he, Nick's telling the readers, I was reminded of something, yeah. an elusive rhythm, a fragment of lost words that I'd heard somewhere a long time ago. And, and he's trying to identify what it is, but it's, it's all just fragments and it, mm. you can't grasp it, which is parallel to Gatsby. He thinks he can grasp Daisy. Mm. He gets Daisy, doesn't even realize that he's got her, and he's already trying to think of ways that he can, I guess in essence, keep her, because yeah, he hasn't really yeah. got her. No. And so the, what, what Nick is saying at the end here, um, I'd almost remembered it was, com- it, whatever he had remembered was uncommunicable forever, as if to say, you can't repeat the past. Mm. And, and it's almost as if Nick's, saying that in his in his bit there yeah that's really interesting as well because it he he i wonder if he just not even thought beyond get meeting mm-hmm. daisy because mm-hmm. i think he just presumed that they would just pick up yeah. where they left off yeah. and now she's not leaving Tom immediately <laughs> yeah. you know she's and now not, what <laughs> oh yeah i didn't think that bit through <laughs> yeah and so. that brings us to the end of chapter six so uh very quickly what are some things we should probably note in the coming section so in chapter seven really is the climax of the novel mm-hmm. and um, you can already feel it oh yeah, yeah. it's building um I, it didn't i don't know if it said a lot about the weather in those previous chapters apart from the rain and then mm-hmm. the sun coming mm-hmm. out but um but it's really i think as we read chapter seven we need to notice the weather mm-hmm. we began in summer <laughs> yes and it's just been getting hotter and hotter and hotter and it's gonna it's gonna there's gonna be a point of breaking yes, here. yes. yeah and that is is really important yes. in terms of mirroring what's going on 
That brings us to the end of chapter six and you'll wanna check in in the next episode where we talk about chapter seven and the significance of, of the things that are happening in that climax chapter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for listening. Happy reading. <laughs>